Okay, I'd like to call to order the Board of Supervisors Personnel Administration Legislative Committee meeting for Monday, January the 22nd. The first item that we have is a federal legislative update. Good afternoon. Um, I'll kick us off with the uh, schedule. The Senate is in session this week, but the House is out of session this week and will return on Tuesday, January 30th. Um, the primary focus for Senate will be uh, on the ongoing negotiations uh, regarding border security with the White House um, on the supplemental. Uh, this is expected to include uh, border security, immigration, and additional money for Ukraine, Israel, and the Pacific. Um, last week, the House Ways and Means Committee voted nearly unanimously on Friday to advance a bipartisan tax package that includes an expansion of the child tax credit and a series of tax breaks for businesses. The package also includes provisions that reduce withholding taxes on qualified Taiwanese residents doing business in the United States, extend privileges to the islands similar to those enjoyed by countries that have formal tax treaties with the United States, and authorize the president to negotiate a tax agreement with Taiwan that would be short of a formal treaty um, as the U.S. does not recognize Taiwan as a sovereign nation does uh, allow for tax benefits to the The bill also includes provisions that would exempt all wildfire relief payments from federal income taxes, taxation on legal fees, emotional distress, lost wages, additional living expenses, and also expand the low-income housing tax credit for lifetime. Uh, Republicans hope that the bill will make it to the House floor on the week of January 29th when the House is set to return from a one-week recess. Um, the bill is the product of a deal that was struck between House Ways and Means Committee Chair Jason Smith, Republican of Missouri, and cited Senate Finance Committee Chair Rod Wyden, a Democrat from Oregon, who announced last week after months of negotiations. Um, if the legislation clears the House, House, the path will likely be complicated in the Senate, because of course it does require 60 votes in order to make it past the Senate, and some senators will almost certainly want to make their own shifts. Uh, many in Congress hope that this bill finished by the beginning of tax season um, and then have those tax benefits apply for individuals and businesses under 2023. And if enacted, the provisions in the bill will expire at the end of. I'll stop there for questions. Are there any questions? Supervisor Tam. Um, thank you, Chair Carson. Um, just to clarify, I didn't hear you um, clearly. When you described um, the prospects for what we're considering support positions on with uh, HR 3899, you're saying that it needs 60 votes when it goes to the Senate and there's a high likelihood, you said, of, re of securing those votes. Is that correct? No, I said that, that it could be a, a difficult prospect. Oh, difficult prospect. Okay. To get the 60 vote threshold. I'll also just add um, that in the House, it's also could be a, a difficult vote, depending on whether or not Speaker Johnson decides to bring it um, to the floor under suspension of the rules, um, similar to what we saw the CR get considered under. So that would require 290 votes in the House. Um, as it stands right now, Speaker Johnson has a majority of 219, which is the smallest majority 
um, Espiche has had in about 100 years. So the ability for him to move legislation through the Rules Committee has been um, it's been pretty difficult for him. Um, so it still remains to be seen whether the Speaker will even bring the bill to the floor of the House. Any additional questions? Anyone online have a question, comment? I have no speakers. Okay, thank you. Uh, and that's it for the federal update? Uh, I just have one more uh, update on the immigration and foreign aid package. Um, Senators James Langford and Chris Coons uh, continue to negotiate a politically challenging border and immigration bill. Um, there's no confirmed deal yet, but Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell was optimistic last week that the Senate have a bill this week. Um, any agreement will, of course, need the approval of uh, Majority Leader Schumer, McConnell, and the White House. As it stands now, uh, negotiators are still working on changes to the parole and asylum policy, and there's still no agreement on funding levels for the bill. Also complicating things is the White House's goal of trying to tie this package to additional funding for Ukraine, Israel, and the Indo-Pacific. Um, it's possible that a framework agreement is released this week for the Senate, um, but it will be a challenge to get this bill through the House as it will be a significant amount of work to obtain the necessary votes for passage in both chambers. Um, I'll also just add that a number of progressive House members have uh, communicated their concern with the legislation um, they are currently not in the room. Uh, no, no House members are in the room. Um, as negotiations continue to, to march on, uh, there was a report just this afternoon saying that negotiations between the senators and now they are talking to appropriators and trying to get funding levels um, that will comply with funding cap deal that was struck through the Fiscal Responsibility Act and what I struck um, that, that affirmed those levels uh, about two weeks ago. So we will hopefully be able to see um, some sort of framework agreement. Um, and then of course, text will be released after that. Uh, and then the one thing I'll just add before closing our report is that a, a CR was passed last Thursday that extends government funding through early March and averted a government shutdown. Uh, both measures were able to pass um, by bipartisan margins in the House passed 314 to 108 with 106 Republicans and two Democrats voting opposition. And the Senate passed uh, the bill by 77. The President bill, so the government will remain open um, through uh, March 1st and March 8th of this year. On the um, border issue that Schumer and them are trying to work out, what what are the key points that they're that they that they're trying to negotiate? It's about parole authority, so the ability for uh, the president to allow individuals that have come over seeking asylum, um, essentially what's referred to as catch and release, um, so they can't detain them indefinitely. So they are provided um, information to seek asylum through the asylum courts, the immigration courts, um, and then also the, the threshold um, for an individual to seek asylum in this country. Um, either through the credible fear standard, which is something that is kind of the first threshold that an individual must uh, make in order to have an asylum claim, and also return to some of the Trump era policies, such as uh, safe third country agreements, uh, also known as remain in Mexico. So, in order to make uh, their asylum claim, they can't 
make an asylum claim in the United States and then operate in the country, they would have to make the asylum claim and then stay in a third country. In this case, it'd be Mexico. Um, and also the ability for Title 42 authorities, um, which allow for the president to prohibit border crossings for any sort of purpose. These were implemented during the COVID pandemic, um, which is the reason why we saw such a massive drop in illegal border crossings and asylum claims because the president essentially stopped. Um, the Republicans are advocating for much stiffer Title 42 return to power for the president, codifying that. And the White House is negotiating um, for sort of discretionary authority to be retained as the current. Um, so it's this back and forth between the Senate as it stands right now. The other thing that I will add um, is uh, even if a deal is reached in the Senate amongst the Senate negotiators, House Republicans are going to be looking for something significantly more conservative. Um, so it's unclear if Speaker Johnson will even bring this bill to the House floor, even if it gets a bipartisan vote in the Senate. I think we've seen time and again where uh, Senate negotiators are able to come to some sort of compromise in immigration and then it dies in the House. And it seems as it stands right now that we may be following the same. Um, House Republicans right now are very upset with Speaker Johnson and his um, willingness to go along with the White House and Senator Schumer and Senator McConnell on spending. Um, and they are looking to him to be a conservative leader. And I don't know if putting an immigration bill that has the approval of Chuck Schumer in the White House is necessarily a way to win over his conservative um, detractors. Very unfortunate. Was, uh, yeah. We will see. We will see. But, um, you know, I think the, the politics of immigration remain the same um, and have only gotten more difficult over the past, I mean, really eight, nine years uh, rather than easier. So does there seem to be, um, at this point in time, any honest backroom discussions that are going on about also getting rid of Johnson, too, from the conservative group of uh, Congress people? <laughs> I, I know it's an ever. I, I know it's an overarching of, uh, threat, but it, I mean, is there actually something more than the overarching threat? Not yet. I don't know if the Republicans are necessarily keen on putting the chamber through that, like they did last year. Uh, again, this depending on who they have in the speaker's chair, it, I don't think it's going to necessarily change the results on the ground. And frankly, the Republicans don't have a whole lot to run on in the first place. Um, I think what Republicans have been doing instead is focusing on the impeachments because they know that that has brought their conference together rather than split it. Um, so you'll see more of a focus on the investigations of Hunter Biden, President Biden, Alejandro Mayorkas, and things of the oversight nature rather than on the sort of legislative activity um, and the spending fights that have inevitably split the conference. Um, I don't think that there's a real threat at this time for Speaker Johnson to get tossed aside. And he has said, you know, if they want to throw me out, throw me out. <laughs> he didn't really want this job in the first place. He was a servant. He was a Republican's fifth pick. Um, so they would be writing their own obituary in a lot of ways by throwing out the only person that was willing to step up for the job. Thank you. Public comment on on any of the uh, update from federal legislative update? I have no speakers for this item. Okay, thank you. Anyone uh, 
has any comment on anything that is not on the legislative agenda today? Public comment. I have no speakers for public comment. Okay, thank you. Um, those who are online who want to introduce themselves may do so. Oh, an action item on which one? I'm sorry. Uh, uh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. So we have a request for legislative action um, on H.R. 38999, the American Family Act. Uh, that's a request from the Social Service Agency, a recommendation of support. Uh, we also have a request for legislative action on AB 817, uh, open meetings, teleconferencing, subsid uh, subsidiary body. Um, also, there's a request for support on that. A uh, number of uh, public entities are uh, at least broaching this issue of open meetings and teleconferencing. This seems to be in a number of venues these days. And also SB 278 uh, with respect to abuse also from Social Service Agency um, asking for support. The recommendation on AB 817 is coming out of our office. Are there any questions or comments on any of these? I have no speakers for these items. Okay, we'll advance those requests all for support to go forward to the board. Now any public comment on anything that's not on today's agenda? Caller, you're on the line. You have two minutes. Kelly? Hi. Um, since it's the uh, Personnel and, and Administrative uh, uh, com uh, Committee, um, your board set up a um, brand new commission, very important, it's called the Elections Commission, and um, they've met twice. And it turns out that um, a guy, a, a, a newsletter from Stephen Tavares, he says that um, <clears throat> the county council for the commission re uh, repeatedly stifled them from discussing potential agenda items. To agenda subjects. A commissioner requested a discussion about Tim Dupuy leading two county departments, the registrar's office and information technology. It's a major issue, the commissioner said. That's a quote. Here's another quote. The registrar's office is, uh, well, that's not a quote, but the registrar's office described as being disorganized and unresponsive to commission questions. For example, um, Tavares notes that the registrar has not disclosed their March 2024 election plan and hasn't posted any, uh, and uh, I'd note that he hasn't posted any meeting audios from those uh, election commission meetings. There's nothing on, on, the, on, the, on the website. Um, and so these meetings are being depicted in the media by uh, Mr. Tavares on the 19th of January as slow-paced, easily sidetracked, and the commission itself is depicted as untrained, with disaffected members. So um, that is your media report from the newsletter uh, on your election commission. Thank you. Thank you. I have no more speakers. Okay. Um, opportunity for people who are online to uh, introduce themselves and say what department that they're associated with. 
Hannah? Hi, this is Hannah Hamilton, Interim Policy Director with Alameda County Social Services Agency. Thank you. Good afternoon. This is Eileen Ng with the Alameda County Healthcare Services Agency. Appreciate your participation. Hi, this is Rebecca Wegley with Alameda County Probation Department. Thank you. Good afternoon. This is Deanna Garcia with First 5 Alameda County. Thank you very much. Hi, good afternoon. This is Valerie Arkin, and I'm with Supervisor Miley's office. Appreciate it. Okay, thanks uh, to all of you who attended today's uh, PAL meeting. Uh, we're adjourned. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.